0: What's up? This is Greg Schnoz, host of the Bevo Broadcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. How was that last night, Texas fans? Were you happy? Did you enjoy that win? I know I did. I'll take a win like that all day long. No more week one, what happened? No kind of, uh, game was too close, finally gets pulled away in the end of the game, and finally you win by a comfortable margin. No, Texas came in there, took care of business, did what they need to do obviously as like I said last week if you checked out my episode from then what was I saying I said hey measured expectations you know just take the foot off the gas a little bit in that regard this is a team with a lot of young guys in a lot of positions give it time have reasonable expectations there are gonna be some fun moments some good moments and ones that kind of make you go oh my goodness and there was all of that last night so we're gonna get into all that what I have here in my notes I'm so excited to Go over it. I've already watched the game twice, so I was super excited last night to watch it. I mean, it was right off the jump. What happened? The block punt, Deshaun Jameson. That was one of the guys I referenced from last week. I said, DeMarvion overshone, Deshaun Jameson, Two guys that have played a lot of football for this Texas defense. They need to step up and make plays, and basically, they need to be the leaders on this defense. Sure enough, right off the jump, Jameson, bam, block punt. Keelan Robinson takes it in for a touchdown. There you go. 7-0 right off the – perfect. What, what other way would you want to start a football game? <laughs> I mean, I'll take that every time. Block punt for a touchdown at home. I mean, it's the crowd's into it. Now they're, now they're going really crazy. It's just everything you would want to start a football game. If you are literally writing a script, that would be the way you would want it to go. And then DeMarvion Overshown, second series of the game. Big play on third down when uh, ULM was on the goal line. When he blew up the quarterback on the, uh, I think it was going to be, looked like he was going to do maybe like a naked bootleg, kind of held on to the ball, trying to sell the run, and before you know it, Overshone was in the backfield, and that was it, Fourth down, kick a field goal. That's fine. I'll take that. Give me guys like that. And he was all over the field. He was flying all over the place, making plays on defense, and that's what I was hoping to see. Give me attitude. Give me effort on defense. Those two things will go a very long way no matter what level of football it is. I don't care if it's college pro high school does not matter. I would, if I was a coach, I would never, ever, they would get tired of hearing me say it effort and attitude. They would, they would literally, that would be probably my nickname. Hey, coach effort or coach attitude, whatever. They would get tired of me saying it because those two things will carry you no matter what, obviously there's scheme and things like that without getting super technical. But if you got those two things in your favor, it makes everything else a lot easier. So, that was very good to see, and I was glad to see the defense was doing what they – I mean, there was a lot of times, you know, the pursuit was there. Setting the edge on different places. Ovia GoFu early in the game, that comes to mind right now. Setting the edge, making the running back adjust, here comes the pursuit. That, exactly. That's effort. That's attitude. Those are all good things that you want to see in week one, especially you know, against an opponent that obviously you have a, a talent advantage against. Nobody expected – I believe the line was – 37 points, 37 and a half, according to Vegas, give or take a half or whatever. I just know it was a lot. <laughs> so for Texas to do that cover, do what they thought, at least according to the odds makers, that's what you want to see. I need to see that from the defense. I need to see that effort. And we did see that. We saw Baron Sorrell. He had, a, what, I think a sack, one point, you know, sack and a half last night. Good. Justice Finkley, he got in there. Another young guy. This team is young and across the board on both sides of the ball. It's a work in progress. But as long as they're making the necessary progress and the steps every week, I, I will keep saying this until the cows come home. No pun intended with obviously longhorns. Uh, <laughs> but give me that kind of attitude, effort every week, and then this team's going to get better and better and better. And by the end of the season, when they're playing their best football, this team is going to be something special. Does that necessarily mean a conference championship? I don't know. It's week one. I can't predict the future, but I feel good about what I saw from the defense. And, oh, by the way, another thing that I really was happy to see that we mentioned last week, Jatavian Sanders, tight end, six catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, (laughs) when I heard this stat, I literally was like, wow, I know it's been a long time. It has been a very long time since Texas has had a tight end that can make plays, that can be a difference maker, not just a guy that you're going to dump it off to and he'll get five, six, seven yards, maybe 10 yards if there's just nobody around him, but an actual playmaker, a difference maker at that position. The amount of yards for the tight end position last night, Jatavian Sanders, 85 yards received, very good night. That is the most yardage a tight end has had in a game for Texas since 2007. OMG, that's Jermichael Finley, ladies and gentlemen. That's how far back that goes. And that was, I mean, David Thomas was the guy before him. Texas was really lucky with some really good tight ends that they had. If You even go take it way back to uh, Pat Fitzgerald back in the day. He was a heck of a tight end, All-American. So there's been some really talent lacking in this position. I mean, just, uh, there's been a lot of guys. I mean, Blaine Irby, maybe he could have done something. He had that such a terrible knee injury in that game early in the season against Rice years ago. And he, I mean, it wasn't even sure if he was ever going to play again because he had nerve damage and all sorts of problems. So football was the furthest thing for his mind. He came back, but he was never the impact guy after that, of course. And Texas has recruited so many guys at this position, and it has just not worked. Thank goodness Jatavian Sanders was like, you know what? I know I can play defensive end. I did it in high school, but I'm going to stick to tight end. I think Texas and the coaching staff really wanted him to go to defensive end because, obviously, if you're a five-star talent and you can play both ways, I think anybody, any coach worth his salt would say, I'd love to have guys that are really athletic and fast off the edge to get after the quarterback. I mean, look at the NFL. Who gets drafted really high? Who gets paid a lot of money? Quarterbacks, the left tackles that protect them, and the defensive end's trying to set or sack set quarterback. So tight ends don't make as much money as DNs, but – Hey, that's fine. We're not worried about that. I <laughs> don't I don't own an NFL franchise, so I don't have to worry about paying anybody. So, uh, But, yes, I was very pleased to see Javian Sanders, and he caught six passes. So what does that tell me? Quinn Ewers trusts him. They must be on the same page. There's a trust there because he found him a lot. And there was even one play I want to say it was like early in the third quarter uh, where Ewers stepped up, and the coverage was really close. I mean, it's not like he was wide open. The coverage was really tight on Sanders, but viewers just fit it in that window. No, actually, I take it back. I believe it was right before halftime when that play happened. And, I mean, great catch by uh, Sanders. Got the first down, kept the chains moving. So, moving forward, Jatavian Sanders is a guy I was hoping that I would see something from. And it looks like there is something there. He's a guy that's going to be in this offense and start making some plays for the Longhorns. And thank goodness for that because the tight end position has just been a, a wasteland, unfortunately, for so long. Looks like that's another thing, like I've been saying. There's talent on this team It just needs time to kind of get acclimated to the game. And it'll be, again, I'm I'm going to say it again here, the end of this year, this is going to be one heck of a football team offensively and defensively as well. So, yeah, nice, nice night for Sanders and most yards for a tight end since 2007. That really blew my mind when I saw that. And then, obviously, Bijan Robinson. We haven't seen much from him throughout the spring. And obviously there's no need. It's just like when the Cowboys were winning Super Bowls back when I was a teenager a long time ago. (laughs) There is no need for Troy Aitman, Mike Irvin, Emmitt Smith to play. You know what you got in those guys. They shouldn't even put on shoulder pads. They should be out there in a hat, a t-shirt, shorts, and call it a day because there's no need to risk a preseason. I mean, my goodness, that's how Dak Prescott ascended to the quarterback role for the Cowboys. Tony Romo got hurt. Kellen Moore was already hurt when his brief career as a quarterback was still going. And then Dak went from first string, third string to first string like that. So it can happen that way, as we all know. But Bijan, I mean, the nine-yard touchdown run he had in the third quarter, I think he made at least four guys miss, maybe five. Just classic Bijan, making guys miss, little step here, little stutter. I mean, it's just the kid is just so smooth and talented. It, it's just there's no wasted motion. There's no wasted effort. He's always moving forward. He has a great sense of balance. I mean, he's just fun to watch. I don't care. Even if you don't like Texas, but you like watching football, you can enjoy watching Bijan Robinson play football because he is just that good at it. And then he can catch balls out of the backfield, which is even better. So Bijan gave you a typical Bijan night, and he didn't have the biggest workload. Obviously, this game was in hand pretty early. Texas scored right at the start of the second half. I remember texting some friends just saying, this needs, to, like, all the offense needs to come off the field. This game is out of hand. They're not coming back. Don't risk it. Obviously, we all know what's looming on the horizon here next weekend with Alabama coming to town. So, let's just put in some backups, get those guys some experience that's always a valuable thing. So, but when they took everybody out, I was very happy to see that because <laughs> there's no need to risk it at, at all. So, what else caught my attention? Oh, yeah, the quarterback. <laughs> Quinn Ewers, Oh, and two on his first two attempts and what an interception on a uh, I mean, I don't want to be high, you know, overly critical, But that was just a bad throw, bad decision by a young guy. When he's rolling to his right, he keeps looking, looking. Worthy was streaking across the field, but there was just too many bodies in a small space. He tries to force it in there. Give the DB credit for ULM. He made a great play on the ball, got the interception. And I remember just thinking, okay, that's the oh-no moment. I just talked about this the other day. I remember saying to myself, this is going to happen. How does he respond moving forward? Oh, okay, what did he do? He uh, completed his next eight passes in a row and threw a touchdown pass. But that that's not the story. The fact that he threw the interception, you could tell when he was looking at the screen, Sar- Coach Sarkeesian was there talking to him, and you could tell Ewers was looking at the big screen kind of thinking, oh, no, that was a whatever. His body language was looking at it. But he didn't look defeated. He didn't look completely like, oh, here we go, kind of thing. And that's one of the things that Sarkeesian has even talked about, mentioned in different press conferences, that he has a mental makeup. Like, if it happens, he makes a mistake, all right, move on and don't dwell on it. He realizes as the quarterback, as the leader, he has to have that be the man, so to speak. So you make a mistake early in your first game, he was probably nervous and just, I can't imagine what was going through his head. I mean, for a kid that's grown up in Texas, that was committed in high school to Texas, a dream come true, like, I want to play for the Longhorns, I've been a fan my whole life, here's an opportunity, and then the coaching situation was just not is not what anybody would want with Tom Herman at the end of his tenure. So he decommits and then goes to Ohio state. I remember doing a podcast on my own that I've been doing for a few years now. And I said, I didn't blame him. Why would he want to come to Austin? It's just like, at some point you have to realize it's, it is what like your heart might want something, but just because you really want something that might not be the best of shit, the best decision, excuse me there, (laughs) getting a little tongue tied here, but sometimes you have to look at things realistically and go, yeah, I really want this, but what is this the best thing for me? And at that time it wasn't Ohio state going to the college football playoff every year, winning a national championship recently, guys in the Heisman contention every year. I mean, if you're a quarterback and they're pumping all these guys in the NFL, a wide receiver and uh, pretty much Ezekiel Elliott running backs, uh, J.K. J.K. Tobbins. Excuse me. You know, Donald's running back, who was another guy from Texas, as a matter of fact, who went to Ohio State. So you see all these guys out here. It's like, why wouldn't you want to go to Ohio State? Texas, that might be where your heart's at. But if you have a chance to play and you can go to a place Ohio State and play and get on the field and be around all that NFL talent, it doesn't make sense to go to Texas at that point. So I was disappointed as a fan, but I respected the kid's decision. And then he went to Ohio State, realizes, you know what? I miss home. This isn't working out. Sarkeesian came in. And he transferred, came back to Texas, dream come true. So I cannot imagine the amount of, I don't know, pressure, stress, whatever you want to call it, must've been on that kid going out in the beginning of that game in that stadium, hundred thousand people, everybody knows your name. Everybody's so excited that you, you know, he's kind of looked at almost like a savior, so to speak almost. It's going to be a heck of a lot of pressure for a kid. That's maybe 19 years old, maybe, I mean, 1920 at the most, that's a heck of a lot of stuff to kind of digest and put on a young man. But, you play that position at that school. That's just part of it. And I think he's embraced that role. And that's why he wanted to come to Texas. So, but yours, I mean, he wasn't perfect, obviously, through the interception. He missed on Xavier Worthy deep balls pretty much every time. Again, I think that's more rust than anything. So, I'm sure he's going to hit Worthy for some big plays. Worthy was open a couple times. There was one right before halftime that I can think of where he was open and he just put, it was just a little too much on it. It was too high. And but hey the kid's human he's making his first start since how many years now Tap the brakes don't be overly critical and be like oh my god he's wide open he's a bum like no stop that <laughs> you know that's that's not how we're talking about him because he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna get better he's gonna have some bumps in the road and that's okay Go in there with those expectations and you will not be disappointed trust me on this longhorn fans the kid will only get better by the way still got B john Robinson out there Jatavian Sanders obviously they have a connection caught six balls. He's probably going to keep catching them because Billingsley, the transfer from Alabama is serving in multiple game suspension for something that didn't happen while he was at Texas. It was something that happened when he was at Alabama. So you're not going to have him for almost half the season. So Sanders is going to take this role and run with it. Gunner Helm as well. He was out there on a lot of plays. Another tight end. He was from a uh, state of Colorado, one of the better recruits that Texas got here recent years. So hey whether it's injury suspension whatever the case may be step up there's your moment you got to take it and Sanders is obviously taking advantage of the moment I'm really looking forward to how they're going to use him against Alabama because we all know Nick Saban great defensive coach all the players they've pumped in the NFL there's no there's nothing I need to say about Alabama that we all don't know already so it's gonna be a fun week it's gonna be interesting to see how Texas plays in that uh, in that game but you know a couple causes of concern that kind of made me go, uh, special teams. Uh, even though you got the kid with the with the crazy uh, curly afro, <laughs> the kicker for Texas, uh, Auburn was his last name. Uh, and then you got, you got a quarterback with a mullet and you got a kid with the curly fro. Uh, you got to love it. College, I guess that's what you do in college. You, you, I mean, even yours has had that mullet for a while, but I guess that's what you do. You, you grow the hair out, you get the crazy hair going, and then, hey, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> I myself am not going to... Uh, pattern. Uh, These are one of those hairstyles for myself, but hey, that good for them. You know, that's fine. <laughs> I like the way my hair is, and it's perfectly okay. But yeah, live and let live, right? But yeah, the missed field goal uh, after the uh, botched kind of snap and well, the snap was fine. The holder dropped it, which caused the missed field goal, which you didn't get points from uh, on that one drive, which ended with kind of a dud, and then just the the drop punt as well. And then the punter kind of took off running and, okay, let me punt at the last second. In tight tight games, those could ultimately cost you a game. You can't have – I mean, I, I get it. It's for, it's week one. But, again, there's going to be things that you have to work on. There were some missed tackles. I'm sure they're watching film or maybe they already did this morning or who knows when. But I guarantee the coaches have seen it. The players will see it. See it and they know they have to do a better job regardless if it's the, the holder on a field goal. Uh, the punter tried to catch the snap and then pump the ball. Uh, anything. I don't care. Whatever it is. Offensive lineman miss a block. Ewers rolling out, making a bad decision, and throwing an interception. It's okay. It's a work in progress. Overall, I liked what I saw. Ewers, when he sees it, he throws it. There's no hesitation. He believes in his arm. He's got the big arm. He knows he can make all these throws. Like, he fit that one into Sanders in that tight window that we referenced earlier. So... Yeah, I'm I'm overall very pleased with what I saw last night. Week 2 is going to be a tough game. It's obvious, but these kids came to Texas for a reason. They want to play in these tough games. They want to play in these big games. And I think to my friend Anthony Hicks so I do a podcast with on my own who's a former Longhorn linebacker from 95 to 99 and he was on the team that was the the winner of the first Big 12 Championship in 1996. And Nebraska was coming off back-to-back national championships, uh, still a very good team. And I believe Texas was, I think, three-touchdown underdog in that game. It was definitely double digits and probably closer to 20 if it wasn't over 20. And I just remember talking to him about this recently, and I said, you know, what were you guys thinking? What was the mindset that week? And they are just like, you know, hey, anybody can get beat every week. We know what we have. We're a good football team. Everybody's expecting us to lose anyway. So all the pressure's on them. If they don't go out and blow us up because they're the better team, Texas wasn't – they didn't think that they were anywhere remotely of a shot of winning that game. Go out there, do what we can do. We know we have good football players on this team. We like what we had in practice and the scheme that we were working with and the coaches with John McEvick. It was a great offensive mind. Texas went in there with a the mindset like, all right, let's go. Strap it up. All that other stuff doesn't mean anything. We're going to go out here and prove what we are on the field. That's all you can do. Yes, Alabama has all the accolades, and rightfully so. They have earned every positive thing that you can say about that football program. But that doesn't mean that they can't get beat. That doesn't mean that Texas couldn't go out there and shouldn't go out there and shouldn't compete. They should compete on them because Texas has some great players on their team. They should go out. They've got, <laughs> they've got good recruits. They've got guys that can play this game. Go out there and do what you do. Don't be afraid, and I don't think they will. I think they'll go in there. They're going to play a tough game. How the outcome goes, I'm not, I'm not predicting a win or a loss either way. But either way, no matter what happens with Texas, they're gonna fight, they're gonna play hard, and they will get better from this. If they win, well, of course, they're gonna have all the confidence in the world in themselves. They just did something, they just did the unthinkable. If they lose the tough game, but if they play hard and they compete, I'm not in it for moral victories, and I'm sure neither are the coaches or the players of that team, but they know ultimately this will help them get better and they will be, it will benefit them down the road. So either way, they win. Shock the world. Great. you are going to be the story of college football. If they lose a tough game, hey, you still are going to have the respect of a quality opponent, one that everybody thinks. I don't know what the line is. I'm sure it'll change between, I mean, today's only Sunday. So I'm sure it'll change between now and the end of the week. Whatever it is, who cares? It's nonsense. Go out there, play your game, do what your coach to do. Do it at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> if you make a mistake, do it full speed. That's fine. We can play, we can deal with that effort. Attitude on defense. Bring it again, week two. Offense. I know they probably sandbagged a little bit and probably didn't want to show everything that they had, and that makes complete sense. You have a great opponent. You don't want to show show your cards all in week one. So it'll be fun to see with Cow- oh, the Cowboys. Well, Freudian Slip. I'm thinking NFL, fantasy football stuff there. <laughs> what the Longhorns do and how they prepare for this and what they do, how they come out, what's it's just it's only week two. Again, nobody's winning the national championship this coming weekend. Nobody's getting the Heisman Trophy uh, Saturday night of next week. That's fine. It's going to be a fun game. Enjoy it. It's going to be, all eyes are going to be on this game across the country. So it's going to be good for Texas to be in the spotlight, have this attention. Recruits are going to be there. There's a lot of eyeballs that are going to be on this game. So go out there, do what you do, and whatever happens, happens. We're all going to enjoy it. It's going to be fun. I can't wait for it myself. So until then, my name is Greg Schnose. This has been the Bevo Broadcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network, and I will talk to you again soon. Have a great night.